What's up, everybody? This is Toby, and you're listening to the Diverse Podcast, where I sit down with candidates, employers, and entrepreneurs to share their stories and best advice. I'm the founder of Diverse, which is a careers platform supporting underrepresented young professionals and helping them find roles with inclusive employers. Head over to wearediverse.io for the latest opportunities and free resources. Subscribe to us on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts, and find us on YouTube at We Are Diverse as well. Hope you enjoy this episode. Cool. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm here this time with uh, Ruben Alondo, who is a recent graduate from Royal Holloway. So, Ruben, thanks for joining. I'm sure we're about to have a very interesting conversation. You've got a really interesting background. Why don't you start by giving us a quick intro uh, as to who you are? And uh, and yeah, let's get into it. Well, my name's Ruben Alendo. Um, I'm 24 years old from London, specifically South London, specifically. Um, I'm originally from the Democratic Republic of Congo. So um, yeah, that's my culture, that's my background. Um, in 2019, I graduated with a first class honours in business computing from the University of Greenwich. And in 2020, I graduated from my master's in international management marketing from the University of Royal Holloway. Nice, love that. You're repping hard for South London as well. I like that. I've, yes, I spent course. a long time in Southwest, so I've got I've got love for that as well. So, nice. yeah, man, let, let's roll with this then. So I think you've, as I said, I've read an article about you that I saw on, on LinkedIn. So, you know, I just read that. and I was like, I need to speak to this guy because he seems super interesting. And um, yeah, I loved your sort of backstory. I think you've you've had sort of um, you've come a long way and you've achieved a lot based on, you know, some of the challenges you've faced in the past. Right. So why don't you start by giving us a kind of uh, an overview of your journey and, and where you've come from? And I'll probably keep diving in with with my questions that I want to ask you. Yeah. So I'm um, coming from a state school background. I went to a Catholic state school background in Croydon. Um, faced so many challenges there as someone who wasn't um, in top set um, specifically and whenever you're not in top set in secondary school you know what you face you don't um, people don't seem to respect you as enough people don't see you having a future because GCSEs back then was like if you don't get more than five GCSEs you know you have no future you know how teachers need to do it uh, you need to partial GCSEs you need to get these five A stars or get good grades specifically and um, when I was um, in secondary school, I wasn't in top set, and that refrained me from so many opportunities that were that were offered at the school, which I was not able to actually obtain due to me not being in the top set specifically. And this really touched me personally because I'm I'm someone who's even though I'm not in top set, but I'm hardworking, I'm focused, I'm driven. But my school weren't going to give me opportunities due to the set I was, and that really frustrated me. And my friend was like, Ruben, why do you care? Just work hard, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's when from a young age, I knew that I had to fight inequality because you know, when you're young and certain things just come to you and it touches you specifically, it shows something. It shows that you hate difference, you hate inequality and, and that you love to be treated with respect and honored specifically. And when I saw that I wasn't, that's when it frustrated me. And I thought as if I had to prove myself, not just um, to myself, but for my peers, you know, who looked down on me, who didn't see me as um, someone who was capable or someone who had the ability to do things. And that really frustrated me. And I was not happy at all. 
and that's why I was so focused to work hard to prove them wrong and yeah that's it that's my secondary school journey and then I went to sixth form um studied um a, a BTEC in IT specifically I was so fascinated with technology from a young age technology is it was like a gift from God something that was just so easy to understand and use um, specifically having parents you do not know how to use the computer so they'll be like Ruben come the, the computer is not working come over and help and I would do that and I would help them and that's where I saw wait I actually like technology um, despite not me getting like high GCSE grades but technology was something that came easy and something that I knew that I could do well in and then that's why I decided to um, study business computing at the University of Greenwich, which was an amazing experience. Um, even though um, University of Greenwich isn't a Russell Group Uni, but there's people with mixed abilities and people from all social um, economic backgrounds. And that's where I felt as if this is where I was supposed to go because people with different life experiences, rich, poor, um, middle-class, all in one place, respecting each other and understanding that having mixed abilities is important. And that's where I thought as if, okay, right. There's no this specific hierarchy that I felt at secondary school where, um, where it kind of did damage my confidence. Um, even though at secondary school, I was, people saw that I was always like friendly and open and I was even senior prefect. So that I, that I would admit my secondary school did provide me with that opportunity because there were those that were in top set that were prefect, but I was actually senior prefect. So I'll, I'll give my um, school ratings on that one specifically. Um, but yeah, and then at Universal Greenwich, I joined the Oracle Mentoring Scheme. And I was so excited, so enthusiastic to join these opportunities because when I was in sixth form and secondary school, opportunities weren't offered to me. And that's when I got so excited, all these networking events. I was like, oh my days, Oracle, JP Morgan. I got so excited because um, because there wasn't, you know, that hierarchy. Oh, to get to um, obtain this sort of access, you have to be in this sort of set or you have to do this. It was just offered to me. And I was just so excited. And hence I decided who I, by an Oracle professional. Um, he's a technical account manager, Chris. I'm sure he's watching this video as well. Um, yeah, so he, he still mentors me till this day. And I speak to him, he gives me good advice um, about the industry, um, about technical consulting, that I, all this advice that I lacked due to, um, due to not being provided with those specific opportunities, which was really great. And I remember during, um, there was some workshops that they used to held as well. So they used to come into our school and do workshops. And there was a workshop that was specifically about, about speaking about something that you're passionate about. And I spoke about um, networking as networking is about interaction, engaging with people and showing your skill sets as a person. And after me speaking, two days later, I receive an email. Okay, what's going on? Oh, Ruben, we really like the way you spoke about networking. Would you like to do a speech at the Career Mentoring Scheme? I was like, okay, this is such a, it's an amazing opportunity. So when I was speaking about networking, they were using that as an opportunity to use someone as a speaker to speak at the Career Mentoring Scheme. And I was just so shocked because once I left that um, 
workshop, I never thought that they was testing me or seeing my ability specifically. And um, I was like, wow, that's why it's so important to um, do your best and showcase yourself um, in, in anything you do and just be the person that you are and just be natural because networking was something that was so close to my heart as someone who lacked opportunities, who was, um, you know, comes from a working class background specifically an immigrant, I had to find a way in terms of showcasing my skill sets and talents. And that was the right opportunity. Amazing. Yeah. And, and I love to hear it. I'm definitely great, grateful to have you on here to talk about this because I think there's a few things that I want to touch on. One, I think sometimes people aren't comfortable talking about these things, you know, like they kind of sort of rise up from whatever background that they've come from and then they, they do really well and they're really successful and they now only want to talk about that success. Um, but then there's other people that are similar to how you were when you were in you know, high school or, or at university who need to hear these sort of stories and understand, you know, the opportunities that they can get to, even if they're not available to them now. So and I, I kind of like what you said there, because your the, the challenges you, you face, the lack of opportunities kind of gave you that that drive and a bit of an edge, you know, which is the positive side of it isn't it that gives you a bit of a chip on your shoulder that really gives you that motivation to uh go, yeah to yeah. prove people wrong and do, go do incredible things so i think that's the first sort of lesson you know anyone who is going through you know discrimination or feeling a real lack of opportunity you know take that uh, and use it as fuel if you can to to lead you to, to better things um do, do you want to talk about any specific discrimination you did face um you know maybe in in this sort of uh, employment context or going for jobs and that kind of thing if you're comfortable doing so um yeah and and, and what that was like what you learned from it and any advice for anyone else going through that yeah so um discrimination happens um especially being black unfortunately you are gonna face discrimination in terms of the way you're treated compared to your white counterpart specifically um well I would so discrimination can actually happen in academia as well specifically there is that academic you know high institutions around the uk are racist in terms of the institutional racism that does exist so the ways that you're treated so i remember when i was at university um so it, it was a tutorial so you're supposed to ask questions specifically about the topic and i was so fascinated i was so fascinated about the topic so I decided to raise my hands three times because I was so excited. I was asking three questions. And then two days later, I received an email saying, oh, Ruben, um, can you please come in, please, um, for a meeting? I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? What did I do specifically? And I went to the meeting. Oh, um, unfortunately, you've been very disruptive in class. You know, disruptive? Oh, during this lesson. And I remember because I was so passionate about the topic and I was continuously asking questions, it got summarized as being disruptive. And that was not great. And the fact is black voices and academia, it's a thing, it's a thing where black people do feel as if they need to silence themselves in classes specifically and that is not right. Academia and education should give you the access and freedom to speak your mind and to ask how many questions you like, even though it's four or five questions, you have the right to ask how many questions. So if they're related to the topic and 
if they don't um, cause any sort of harm. And I was just so surprised. I was like, wow. But I wasn't gonna let that stop me. So um, I complained. Unfortunately, I did have to say sorry, which I shouldn't have to because I'm asking mm. questions about, um, about the topic specifically. But I, I do remember that I was kind of passionate. You know, sometimes when you're black and you're passionate, well, that seems a bit, you come, you come across a bit of a threat or um, someone who's trying to disturb or cause travel, trouble or havoc. Um, yeah, so that did teach me so many things. And especially when it comes to work, there is that sort of cheap treatment that black people do get. Um, specifically as someone who's worked in retail, the way in which I've been treated by customers specifically um, isn't right. Um, I do remember when I was working at a company um, not company, like a, a store specifically. Um, I remember someone trying to actually take a picture of me specifically. I was like, what's going like a customer? Because when you do um, financial plans, so for finance planning, you ask specific financial questions such as how much do you earn a year specifically to ensure that they're eligible for this particular finance plan that um, they're asking for. So I had to ask these specific questions and I was above the um, age range of, um, asking so I was qualified to actually um, ask these particular questions and I saw like the customers trying to take sneaky pictures of me this me wait what's going on like I don't understand um like I have my name badge said Ruben specifically so you like if they really needed to identify who I was my name was on the receipt <laughs> specifically I had my name badge there um so I was so confused and that made me feel a type of way and I really did not like that and I had to complain to my manager so everything was um, everything was sorted by then so it's just this level of inequality um, the level of black voices being silent in, in higher education which it shouldn't because like I said um, education is there to provide access and opportunity and a great learning experience that everyone should cherish because I, I do remember when I was at university, my white counterparts would ask so many questions and there would be no sort of like, oh, stop asking questions. But when it comes to black students, specifically in, in academia, you do have to monitor yourself, self-evaluate every time, which is annoying. So despite having these degrees, which I love and adore and I've worked so hard for, you know, years of um, being, a, being someone who's persevered someone who knows how to persevere, um, an optimist specifically, and overcoming all the challenges that I faced. I'm very proud of myself. You know, someone who wasn't um, in a particular top set to graduate with a first class honours and now have a master's degree. You know, I'm very proud of myself. So yes, it's just a continuous, a continuous challenge that I do face, but I continuously um, overcome them by working hard and proving people wrong. Yeah, yeah, and you should absolutely, um be proud of that um and you got your masters now so you know yeah. don't worry about that top set that's gone now yeah. <laughs> but, um, no I think I think it's again it's, it's important to create a space where you can talk about these things these are the uncomfortable topics that you I think you need to discuss you know lots of people have been putting out their sort of diversity statements or you know we had that phase of everyone putting that you know a black picture on Instagram but then, you know, the, the the movement can go away for a bit or could just be support for an individual protest. 
but there's I think there's there's value in talking about lots of different stories so I think that's helpful and you know universities especially there's um there's even more issues in terms of diversity with you know lecturers and the senior leaders there um it's important of course to have diversity within your organization and especially important in a university as well so um I hope that's an issue that also also gets addressed and then I just want to touch on the imposter syndrome as well so for many listeners out there and also employers as well who are essentially and if I'm a student or a young person who've who's come from a um let's just say working class background I don't love using that term but you know you mentioned it so we'll we'll roll with that um you know and it's maybe facing some of this discrimination throughout their their lives I can see why that chip on your shoulder could be positive to help drive you forward. But then the negative side of that is you constantly feel like you don't quite belong. Yes. Um, so have you felt that way? And and if so, like, how have you, how have you managed that? Yeah. So the imposter syndrome, um, even though I felt as if I belonged at the University of Greenwich, which was great uh, with mixed abilities, um, but I never saw myself as the geeky IT nerd specifically. So not looking like a nerd specifically, as someone who likes to dress nice and look good. Um, I never, um, the characteristics of a nerd, I never had it. At the, so I used to constantly doubt myself. And then there was a time where I, where comparing myself just got so much, you know, when you just compare yourself, it's like, no, Ruben, actually take a break, stop and just focus on yourself. And when I started to focus on myself, and that's when I started to um, do great because I was no longer comparing myself to anyone. You know, comparison is the thief of joy specifically and everyone has their individual journey and that needs to be respected specifically and that's what I did to myself but where I faced imposter syndrome is when I got to my master's degree um going to university like Royal Holloway an amazing top 20 university in the UK I was like wow all my hard work has paid off I've worked hard I graduated with a first class honours in business computing um, I was so, when I got to campus, I was like, yes, I can't wait to graduate with a distinction. If I got first class honors for my bachelor's degree, that shows I can get a distinction for my master's and, you know, becoming this powerful, educated black man that I always wanted to be and to become. And I actually saw myself becoming that sort of person. And then, so for the first module, um, for my course, it was international um, accounting and finance and international economics. Um, and business strategy. <laughs> I've, I'm not someone that's um, great at maths specifically, and those specific topics involve maths. So um, the grades that I got for first term weren't that great specifically. So the pass mark for um, masters is 50%. Um, I was getting around like 59, 59, 58 for those specific modules. And it made me feel as if, wait, I don't deserve to be here because the majority of my classmates were getting around 80, 76. I'm like, wait, they, mu they must have done something wrong to my application. Like, are they sure that they're taking the right person? Um, because I wasn't getting those high grades that were getting at the University of Greenwich. And I, that really demotivated me so much. And I remember going to my economics um, lecturer at the university and he was like, um, you're comparing their strengths to your to um, your weaknesses. I was like, okay, specifically, and he really reassured me that I deserved my place. Um, and then um, 
when it came to other modules that I was really passionate about, such as um, IT, rather IT modules, I was like, okay, I know IT, I've graduated with first course, which was great. And there was one specific module called International um, Strategy and Entrepreneurship. And it was talking about the public sector and organizations um, that provide social and economic benefits. I was so excited as someone who's worked in a social mobility company called East London Business Alliance that provides um, access and opportunities for students living in East London specifically to work in, in the corporate services around Canary Wharf. And it was just so exciting um, studying that module. I was so passionate about it. And then when I, um, because during the exam, I was writing, I was smiling, I was happy, I was excited. Just me, I definitely failed. I definitely failed that exam. If I'm smiling, I'm happy, I'm optimistic about the exam. There must have been something is wrong, like something's not going right. And then I open my um, results, 72. 72, what? 72. And I just got so happy in it, so happy. I remember that day, the way I was walking around campus, I was like, yes, I deserve to be here. Look at me, this and that. And then it's like, Ruben, to feel as if you belong, you don't always have to get high grades. Like you can get 65 or even 60 or 58, you still deserve your place at that university. As long as you're trying and working hard and doing your best and actively using the resources that are provided to you, you do um, deserve your place at the university. You shouldn't allow um, not getting 80s or 70 tell you that you don't deserve your place specifically, and that is wrong. And imposter syndrome is not just you doubting yourself, is people will try and make you feel as if you don't deserve your place specifically. Um, there was a time where, um, yep, so going back to the accounting exam, I think I got 50, um, 59 or 59, and then um, there was a classmate um, in my class, and she was like, oh, Ruben, I really, there was like two people, oh, Ruben, I really like the way you give your opinions in class, you come across articulate, you voice your opinions, and you really, you really come across as someone that's intelligent and smart, and then the person was like, you know, he got 59 for the exam, in the accounting exam, I was like, I was like, that damaged my confidence, because imposter syndrome is feeling as if you don't deserve your place, and feeling as if someone's gonna spot you, and say, wait, you're not supposed to be here like etc etc and when she said that my confidence went down specifically and I felt as if I don't deserve to be here and then I continuously challenged myself and when I got that 72 for that international strategy exam everything started to go right I, I started to know my um, exam methods and what to do I'm someone who loves um, essays specifically I'm not someone that's into multiple choices that the MCQ exams, um, my accounting and economic modules were specifically MCQs and I wasn't really used to it at university. So it was like me learning how to study for an MCQ exam. But um, what really helped me overcome imposter syndrome is having the right support, which was really good. Um, having people who supported me, who recognized my talent specifically and being around positive people who believe in you, which is great. Um, also, um, it's so funny. So in my bedroom, um, I used to put up motivational quotes. So as long as, so when I wake up in the morning, I'll just read it. I'll be like, okay, I, I feel good about myself. That motivational quote that I, I put blue tack on my wall specifically on that paper that says that I'm able and I'm capable and nothing's gonna stop me. 
saying it every morning, you know, it's basically called self um, affirmations. So when you, you know, say positive words to yourself every single day, and that literally helped me so much because it's like, I'm fighting a battle in my mind where my mind is saying, you can't do this. Who do you think you are? You know, and the thought of me being in, um, not being in top set came back. It came back to my, it came back because I was no longer, because I was someone who wasn't getting the high grades um, in those specific modules where my friends were getting like 70s and 80s. And, um, but yeah, and just, and someone who's a Christian as, as myself, I, prayer is very important. Someone um, just praying to God and just knowing that God's in control. So sure. being a person of faith as well helped me a lot. So being around, being around the, um, the right people, self-affirmations and being a person of faith and just, looking up to people who inspire you specifically. Um, Barack Obama was the person who inspired me from a young age, seeing a smart, intelligent, uh, seeing a smart, intelligent black man with so much power and authority um, in the world inspired me that if you can do it, I could do it. And seeing him really inspired me because from a young age, I knew that I wasn't someone else that was, um, that was gonna get into sports or be a footballer. Um, but I really wanted to be that someone, that person who wanted to create change. And when I saw Obama, that inspired me so much as his, his, um, his father is a Kenyan man, um, someone, my dad's a Congolese man, um, as an immigrant as well, I could relate to him in so many ways. So yes, and Barack Obama inspired me so much throughout my journey. And I didn't, I do not know what I could do if Barack Obama wasn't, um, president especially the ways in which black men are projected in media as robbers or gangsters specifically or footballers which are great but black men can do more and can do better like black men are educated and smart and intelligent um powerful black men that i see today on tv so it's a great change to see for sure yeah that was uh, there's a lot to unpack there and yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm looking forward to no 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 absolutely not like i'm looking forward to listening to it to it back i mean one thing i wanted to highlight off the back of what you said is i think this is a really interesting topic as well imposter syndrome because you know you just mentioned it there the memories of your past sort of came up and yeah. said oh you can't do this because of that and you know you've kind of got to find a way to to shut that out um you know there's also a theme here about focusing on results too much so I think that with this topic you kind of your your self-assurance your confidence needs to be an input not not an output you know not based on a result of something you know when you're applying to a job or you're doing an exam or something like that it's not always based on this it's important to disassociate yourself from the actual result the actual output um, you know, if you go for a job opportunity, you don't get it. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you necessarily. You know, it, you know, you always want to review and think, what could I do better? But it could just be someone has a really good experience that's really relevant with that position. And that doesn't reflect badly on you at all. Um, and to your point, to get yourself comfortable, you know, if you don't perform well in your job for whatever reason, again, that's not because there's something wrong with you personally. That's just that specific project, you know, in isolation um so I, I think that's that's really important i'm glad you you touched on that and then the other the other bit you mentioned is not comparing yourself to other people yes. i feel like if you you kind of want to get those blinders on you know it's like horse racing where they're just focusing on what's in front of them if yeah. you think too much about 
other people and what they're doing and you think oh I'm not doing as well as they are in their job we've been here for the same amount of time you know you never know where you're going to be in a year's time two years time you kind of got to again not think about these immediate results it's it's so I think I talk about this a lot but it's all about the process of whatever you do so you know whether it's an application or a project or whatever you just look back and you say and this is how athletes do it as well they they repetitively go through in their training okay this is what I'm going to do when it gets to game time so I'm ready mentally and my body is ready that's what they focus on it's not all about who won and who lost it's all about on a daily basis how do I get everything as good as I can be so equally we know with your applications or your, your job focusing on doing what you're proud of every single day an output that you're proud of rather than the end result because the end result can be outside your control right so I think that that's really interesting. I was going to ask you about your career inspiration, but you very, uh, very confidently came up with Barack there already. So, you know, I'll move on and, and ask about, you know, anyone else now who's dealing with lots of rejections, you know, difficult job market, particularly from a similar background to yourselves. What would be your advice? What would you tell them to uh, sort of try and give them that self-belief? So let's get the exact opposite of the negative self-talk. Yeah. I'm curious what you would what you would want to tell someone in that position? Yeah, so rejection is redirection specifically. So when you do get rejected, um, it allows you to reevaluate yourself, which is important. Uh, sometimes it's you not performing your best at the interview, you not answering questions specifically. Um, sometimes it's not just about, oh, the boy doesn't like me. Actually, you do need to reevaluate and ask people, what can I do to improve myself? Um, self-improvement, it's so important, so necessary as someone who's, um, as someone who's looking to apply for jobs, you have to look at ways to what makes you different. How could you, um, how could I say, um, make you stand out compared to your um, counterparts specifically? So don't give up specifically. Don't give up on your dreams. Um, if you're someone with all the right qualifications and skill sets, um, if you want a job, you'll get it. Um, don't give up. Don't let this. Don't let the rejections get to you and make you self doubt because that's not right. Um, we're, we're human beings at the end of the day, so we need to treat ourselves with respect, specifically, and always look to improve yourself. And yeah, so keep going through applications, ask for advice, specifically, go out of your way, um, and be, and use the resources that are there for you, um, especially at university. I was someone who was, as you as you know, I was someone who was someone that was very optimistic, someone who was craving knowledge and wisdom and intelligence um, due to the lack of opportunities that were provided for me from a younger, from a, um, a younger age. So I was going to the career um, offices at university. University isn't just there for you to have fun and study. It's actually, you, it's actually there for you to actually network, 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 network use opportunities, go to your career careers advisors, use them. You're paying so much money um, in terms of your fees. Make sure you get the best out of it by using the resources that are available to you and um, not give up. And yeah, trust the process, trust in God specifically and not give up specifically, yes. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's uh, a great way to uh, to leave it. I think you've uh, spread a lot of, lot of knowledge there, Ruben. It's been really interesting talking to you. If anyone does want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Where are, we, where are you available to kind of be reached out to? Yeah, so you can get in touch with me on LinkedIn, um, Ruben Alendo specifically. Um, 
yeah so contact me through linkedin ruben alendo i should open more socials specifically but linkedin is the right profile especially when it comes to um looking for jobs or or just gaining that sort of positive message that i'm sure that one day when i do get to a stage where i'm successful which i will be um that i will be able to actually share my knowledge and wisdom and the fact that what you're doing as well um providing me this platform to actually speak to younger students from all ranges of backgrounds this um platform shouldn't just be for um those with um from from lower ends of life but from all areas of life specifically whether you're wealthy or rich you also have to listen to um these sort of messages from people who are different people who come from different life experiences and different backgrounds because class and race is an issue in society but we need to find a way to combat this by coming together and leaving all this division segregation um out of it and yeah that's what we really need to do absolutely well i appreciate that let's uh let's close out here so do subscribe on youtube or google wherever you listen and yeah. we'll see you next time